Some months ago, I was uh, in the former Soviet nation of Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan is majority uh, Muslim and uh, registers some of the coldest uh, temperatures uh, everywhere, anywhere on earth, and uh, has a struggling economy with very little in the way of a social net uh, for those neediest in, uh, in their big cities. And as I, I heard this from a young man in his 20s named Roman. Uh, Roman pointed to a uh, very rundown uh, apartment building and said that that's where he lived in a tiny room with his mother and father, who were both drunks. Uh, his mother uh, drank all day and made Roman the focus of her uh, all-day verbal abuse. And uh, uh, starting when he was about eight years old, uh, Roman's mother would kick him out in the dark hours of the morning, hours before his school was open. And uh, he had to walk in the frigid Siberian winds uh, to his school, uh, which was still closed. And he had to huddle on the doorstep, uh, waiting until they would let him in uh, to the warmth of school. When Roman's dad drank, he became violent. And so most nights he would come home and beat Roman uh, with punches and slaps. And this went on until Roman became a teenager. And suddenly, within a month, both his mom and dad were gone. Uh, his mom uh, was walking drunk and fell, hit her head, and her frozen body was found in an alley. His father would often disappear on uh, long drinking binges, and uh, within two weeks after his wife's death, Roman's father went away and never came back. With no social net to speak of, Roman was uh, left alone and received nothing except the landlord's permission to stay in the apartment where he had no food, uh, no money, and no parents. Roman then turned to me and asked me if we had orphans like him in Connecticut. And I said, no, Roman, where I come from, nobody has experienced exactly what you have experienced, but everyone knows what it feels like to be abandoned, to feel hurt, to be worried and afraid. You know, in one way or another, every one of us knows what it feels like to be an orphan like Roman. Uh, I'm in a place where I have a job where I get to see a lot of times on a regular basis uh, behind the facade that we all put up in our part of the world. Uh, sure, to survive, we need to put on that face that says, I'm fine. But the truth is, we all bleed inside with hurt and pain. All of us have worries and fears. All of us experience hardships and struggles. All of us know a little bit of what it's like to feel like an orphan. Uh, all of us deal with pain, but we all deal with it in different ways. So how do you do it? How do you deal with the painful parts in your history uh, and the hard things that you deal with in life right now? Uh, do you, how do you react when, when the bad days accumulate? You say you're a parent of a special needs kid, and then you find out you also have a serious health issue. Or you're a student in a hostile home and then you find out that you are moving to a new school system again. Or you're under financial stress, and uh, now you find out that uh, your marriage is falling apart or you have lost your job. What do you do? What do you do when the world starts crashing in on you? 
Do you just collapse in discouragement? Uh, do you complain out of bitterness? Do you condemn God and kind of walk away from him in disgust? Or have you found a better way? Have you found a better way to cope with this inhospitable world? Through the message of Hebrews chapter 11, God shows us that there is a better way. So today, we study the truth that God's heroes embrace the inhospitable. So far, we've studied in uh, Hebrews chapter 11 uh, the truth that heroes follow the incomparable, uh, meaning that heroes in God's eyes don't start by doing heroic things. They start by being in a personal relationship with God. And then last time, we studied that heroes perceive the invisible meaning that they are not motivated by material things as much as by unseen spiritual realities revealed in God's word like eternity and judgment and heaven and eternal reward. Today, we study the truth that God's heroes embrace the inhospitable, where through the testimony of over 30 Bible characters, God demonstrates in Hebrews 11 that walking with him in the midst of the inhospitable hardships of this world, that is what most makes a hero in his eyes. As we read in the words of Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 36. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us they would be made perfect. These are the final words of Hebrews chapter 11 where God is recording about how just, just how inhospitable this world can be to those who follow him in faith. And so God wants me to learn the lesson starting with Uh, the lesson from these heroes, starting with the lesson that heroes prepare for the inhospitable. Hebrews chapter 11 has the author illustrating what it means to be a faith hero uh, through 30-some characters in the Bible listed in chronological order. This means that the heroes that we just read about at at the end of the chapter, uh, those who were flogged and put to death, these heroes are at the end of a long chain starting with Abel uh, and his life thousands of years before these we've just read about. So these heroes that uh, are at the end of the list were completely prepared for the inhospitable. Why? Because Hebrews 11 lists these heroes that come thousands of years before them and how each of these faith heroes experiences trouble and hardship and suffering. Every faith hero, starting with Abel. Abel, who was um, in the midst of worship, murdered. Noah, ridiculed for building the ark. Abraham and Sarah, who were childless. 
and then had to wander as refugees in Egypt and Canaan and Moses, who was the victim of ruthless criticism and attack as a leader of God's people. Rahab, who was a prisoner of war and bore the ugly scars of years in prostitution. And David, who lost an infant son to sickness and then lost a grown son to tragic war. And after this long history, uh, then comes these flogged and beaten heroes we just read about who were prepared for hardship because they had the record of these Heroes from Abel to David, showing that all God's heroes experience hardship. Hebrews 11 teaches that all heroes experience hardship, but that not all heroes face the same degree of suffering. Uh, the person in the, number one in the list is Abel, where in Genesis we're told that Cain and Abel were the sons of Adam and Eve. And one day in a jealous rage, Cain killed his brother Abel. The second person in the list in Hebrews chapter 11 is Enoch. And Enoch had hardships just like everyone else, but the Bible says that Enoch didn't die, but he was taken up by God into heaven. And I think in heaven, Abel met Enoch and said, hey, welcome to heaven, Enoch. Just out of curiosity, how did you die? And Enoch says, you know, funny thing, I didn't die. God just lifted me up in the clouds. And Abel says, nice, must have been nice. <laughs> uh, FYI, you didn't ask, but FYI, I died by getting hit in, with a rock in the head. And uh, it came as a surprise since uh, there were only three other people on earth at the time and they were all supposed to love me. Uh, and so you gotta believe that uh, uh, Abel is saying, yeah, you, you lift up in the clouds. And I think he was ready to call customer service here at the pearly <laughs> gates and say, yeah, about my uh, particular uh, entrance into heaven. And uh, until that moment when he showed up in heaven the guy who was sawn in two. And then I think Abel was like, God, I'm fine with the rock. Fine with the rock. Um, so although the, the list in Hebrews 11 uh, tells us the truth, that not all heroes suffer equally, anyone who seeks to be a hero in God's eyes through faith will suffer hardship and needs to prepare for it. So how do you prepare for the inhospitable that lies ahead in your life? Uh, here's one way. Commit to a personal relationship with God now in the untroubled times. Uh, there are Christ followers uh, who skate from success to success and never really get serious about their relationship with God. And then they lose a job or they lose a loved one, and it shakes them to the very core of their belief, and then they end up kind of shaking before God, saying, God, I'm your child. Where's all this peace that you talk about in your word? See, the answer is that God doesn't sprinkle his peace like fairy dust uh, when times get tough. No, God's peace comes as the byproduct of a personal relationship with him that comes with knowing God in a walk and talk over the daily relationship. So the best way for me to prepare for the experience of, of God's peace in the troubled times ahead is for me to commit now to follow the incomparable God in a daily relationship with him. Next. Next. 
adopt a biblical theology of suffering. Uh, there's a false teaching out there that uh, has uh, this definition of faith. Faith is this positive thinking that gets God to fulfill your wishes for material wealth and material health. It's a lie that says that if a believer is poor or injured or sick, it's a sign that that believer just doesn't have enough of this faith. This idea that faith makes all believers all the time healthy and rich is the opposite of the way the Bible defines faith. If you study the whole of scripture, you will have a correct theology of suffering. Starting with the truth that both believers and unbelievers both experience pain and hardship in this sin-scarred world. The truth that Jesus is the perfect one, perfectly loved by the Father, and he was poor and suffered more than anyone else. The truth that God's indwelling spirit in a Christ follower gives them the power to suffer the same things that unbelievers uh, suffer, but then with joy and peace that is a testimony and gives glory to God. The truth that God is in the process of defeating evil and bringing his people to a place where there is no more suffering and there is no more sin-scarred uh, sin death or pain. This place is called heaven. And it leads to the second lesson of how faith heroes face hardship. Heroes right-size the inhospitable. Uh, Hebrews 11 faith heroes endured hardship with joy and peace because they believed that their earthly life was just the appetizer and that heaven was the main course and the dessert for eternity. And so speaking of Abraham and Sarah who left their home in Ur for a life of, a, of discomfort in order to be part of God's plan for blessing them and blessing the world, we read this in Hebrews 11. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. Believing that you have an eternal home in the afterlife really does make a difference in this life. The most miserable people on earth are those people who think that this life is their one and only shot at happiness, fulfillment, and contentment. For instance, Studies report that uh, there is a year-over-year -year problem uh, that is growing, and that is uh, high school seniors who plunge into paralyzing depression due to their being rejected from their top college choice. Often there's parent pressure ratcheting in the background. These students had their life planned and how this one college would lead to that one job which would lead to that one shot at the good life and then with one rejection letter, their one and only shot to fulfillment in this life is suddenly gone forever and they plunge into this depression. 
There is so much pressure on people who think that this is the place, this, it's now or never on earth where they have to find bliss, when this world is not made for eternal bliss. And so that search is a fruitless, exhausting, frustrating search that makes inconvenience suddenly unacceptable, makes setbacks unredeemable, makes discomfort unthinkable, and a diagnosis of, of a terminal disease, well, death means the loss of everything in this mindset. For, for, for the believer with faith, however, none of that is true. If you follow Jesus, he promises you, he promises you that he has an eternal home for you that will right-size what you experience in this world in the way of disappointments and discouragements and defeats and diseases, and even death itself will be right-sized in the light of eternity. And so I'm speaking to you if you have had a hard week or a hard month or a hard life. Uh, maybe you've had a, a health challenge that you've just been uh, diagnosed with, and it's serious. Right now, Jesus whispers to you his promise. He promises that there is an eternal home for you. And when he whispers to you about heaven, he is not minimizing the struggle that you're going through now. He's right-sizing it. He's right-sizing it by pointing you to the first 50 years of the joy and fulfillment and adventure that he has planned for you with him at your side in heaven. He points you to the next 500 years and the next 50,000 years and the 500,000 years that is just the beginning of heaven. So faith heroes... Prepare for the inhospitable by right-sizing, right-sizing the inhospitable in a way that allows them to embrace the inhospitable. Uh, by embrace, I mean that uh, heroes like Abraham and Moses, uh, they, were, they, they faced hardship, hardship that they couldn't change, suffering they could not avoid, but they did not collapse in discouragement uh, they did not complain and grouse and grumble in bitterness. They did not condemn God and walk away in anger. No, they did not. They embraced the hardships like ordinary Joe. Like an ordinary Joe who is also in this list of the Hebrews 11 heroes. When Joseph was 17 years old, uh, his 10 older brothers hated him and concocted a plan to get rid of him. So after abusing him, they sold him to a caravan of uh, slave traders who then sold Joseph to a man named Potiphar. And instead of collapsing and complaining and condemning God about being a slave, Joseph dedicated himself to being the best servant he could possibly be. And so he then rose to become the head in Potiphar's household. But Potiphar's wife took advantage of Joseph and tried to seduce him. And when Joseph rebuffed her, she falsely accused Joseph of rape. So Joseph was thrown into prison for a crime he didn't 
commit, but he didn't collapse or complain or condemn God. He ministered to his fellow prisoners, so much so that he became the head prisoner in the jail, which shows what it means that heroes embrace hardship. Faith heroes don't just go through the inhospitable, they grow through it. Two guys live in two houses uh, next door to each other, and they loved both to sit on their front porch and like to uh, look at the beautiful meadow. The one guy on one front porch was a believer, and he praised God for this beautiful field. And the other guy next door used to be on his front porch and also agreed that it was a wonderful scene. Well, uh, to their disappointment, the county took their tax money and used it to build a highway that ran right through that meadow. And so they had this view from their porches of hundreds and hundreds of cars every day with their roaring trucks going through uh, this beautiful scene. And the unbeliever was so angry that he would sit on his front porch and he would curse every car and every driver that went by. The believer also missed this beautiful scene, but sat on that front porch and instead blessed every car and every driver that went by. And when the car, a car would pull over to the side of the highway uh, with a flat tire, this believer would get up from the porch and go and uh, help and became in the process uh, week after week an expert emergency mechanic uh, who helped scores of people and made some great friends. You see, you may have a hardship right now, but you also have a choice. I'm speaking to you. If you've had an ugly highway uh, cut through your peaceful life, a highway you did not choose, but the choice is yours. You can sit there and you can curse the situation, or you can, through the eyes of faith, let God open your eyes to new opportunities for you to grow in being a blessing and sharing God's love through this situation. Back to Joseph. He didn't just go to prison. He would grow in prison, grow by interpreting the dreams of his fellow prisoners. And eventually, news of Joseph's skill reached Pharaoh, who called Joseph up out of prison to become his vice president of all Egypt. And by interpreting Pharaoh's dreams, uh, Joseph was able to save millions of Egyptians from famine and save his own brothers from starvation as well. And as Joseph lovingly embraced his brothers, Joseph reflected on how his slavery and his imprisonment were not interruptions in God's plan for his life, but part of God's plan to bless him and make him a blessing. And Joseph said this to his brothers, I forgive you, for I see that what you meant for evil, God meant for good, which shows that what it means for, uh, to embrace the inhospitable. Faith heroes trust God's unseen work bringing what is truly good out of what is truly bad. See, part of a correct biblical theology is that evil is evil. 
Evil is never good. In itself, evil, including the evil done to you, is always uh, disgusting to God. God never rejoices in evil, but God is committed, dedicated to defeating evil. And scripture teaches that the way God defeats evil done to his children is by incorporating it into his big plan for their eternal blessing, which the apostle Paul declares in Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. See, being a faith hero means that I so believe in God's unseen work of good in my life that I can actually embrace difficulty in real time as it comes into my life. When I have faith, I can walk with confidence knowing that I am not a victim of circumstance, but I am a victor through God's love in Christ. I'm a victor because I follow one who promises that he is working behind the scenes to bring eternal good things into my life that I may not see now out of the temporary bad things that I do see right now. But sometimes I do get a glimpse of God working all things together for my good for all eternity. Joseph got that glimpse uh, so that Joseph could actually declare that the hardest days of his life became the best part of his personal story. See, that's what it means for heroes to embrace the inhospitable. Faith heroes consider each hardship as prologue to their personal, unique story of God's goodness. I met Roman in this Kazakhstan church that BlackRock supports uh, called the Hope Center Church. And Roman's French uh, there at the church pulled him over to me saying, Roman, tell him your story. Listen to his story. Listen to his story. Tell the story. So Roman uh, told me about becoming an orphan in his parents' apartment with no food and no faith in God. But Roman said that he met a Christ follower uh, who attended the Hope Center Church and that Christ followers started bringing food to his apartment, stew and fresh baked bread uh, from the church's soup kitchen. So Roman wanted more of that uh, fresh baked bread, so he started coming to the church's soup kitchen every day. He also got a Bible, and in the pages of the New Testament, he met Jesus and the loving uh, father that made him an, an orphan no longer. And Roman loves to tell the story of how now he runs the church's soup kitchen and bakes that fresh baked bread every day that saves hundreds from starvation and leads them to God's love in Jesus. Roman loves to tell this, his unique story. Roman embraces the, the abuse and pain of his past as prologue to his personal story of God's goodness, both in this life and for the next. And I don't know what kind of hardship, what kind of trouble that you're facing today. I can tell you, though, that if you're a believer in Jesus, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. It's the beginning of your story to God's glory and God's goodness. 
I don't know what pain and hardship you're experiencing now, but you don't need to collapse in discouragement. You don't need to complain in bitterness. You don't need to condemn God and walk away in anger. There is another option. That option is trusting God, trusting his loving plan for you so that you can even in real time as you, as you experience difficult situations, embrace the inhospitable as a hero of faith. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.